Hey everyone, welcome to the second episode of Popping for Parkinson's podcast. Let's go. So first of all, thank you very much for joining in. It is a pleasure for us to have you here. If you haven't checked out our first episode, please make sure you do. In the first episode, we talk a lot about the conception and the birth of Popping for Parkinson's and what it is. So today I would like to talk about identity and hip-hop and the relationship between hip-hop and identity and Popping for Parkinson's, obviously. So why that? I think that identity is a fundamental aspect of the creation of hip-hop culture and therefore of Popping for Parkinson's. So let's start from the beginning. So hip-hop is a culture and not just a musical genre that you might hear on the radio. We're going to get to that a little bit later on. Anyway, hip-hop is a culture and it's rich in history and stories and traditions. But today I would like to analyze this culture through the lens of identity. Because I believe that when it comes to hip-hop, it all starts with identity. Why am I saying this? Because the kids in the South Bronx in the early 70s were unawarely the creators of what hip-hop culture is right now. So how did that happen? How did some kids in the Bronx, surrounded by gang activities and violence and drugs, create an incredible and empowering culture, literally starting from nothing? Well, they decided that the circumstances were not going to define who they were. And how did they do that? Through giving themselves a name. This might sound very silly and very simple, yet it is a fundamental part of the creation of the culture. Because society at that time gave them an identity, which was, well, you're definitely going to be affiliated in gang violence and gang activities you are going to be a drug dealer or you're going to be affected by drug abuse or both. So those people at that particular time had terrible circumstances, no future, no hope, and they felt powerless. But what they did was they decided that circumstances were not going to define who they were. And the first step that they took was they gave themselves a name. So, for example, instead of being Joseph Sadler, I am now Grandmaster Flash. Instead of being Richard Colon, a Puerto Rican dude, I am Crazy Legs and I'm part of the Rocksteady crew. Again, this is a simple step, but it is a fundamental first step to take, to give yourself value and give the people around you value and recognition. Because society was not giving this to them and they didn't accept this. Now, funny story, going back to Grandmaster Flash, you might know him as a DJ and as a world-class DJ, but actually he started out as an electrician, a certified electrician that loved music. And in his mind, there was one question, which was, how can I keep the party going? This is a great story that KRS-One tells in one of his speeches on YouTube. Just go and check it out. I love KRS-One and the way he portrays the history of hip-hop in any of his conferences and talks. So make sure you check KRS-One out. Uh, Anyway, back to Grandmaster Flash, he had this thought. Now remember, he's an electrician. 
he just loves music and he has a question in mind which was how can I keep the party going? Now one day he's coming back home from work, he finds a switch in the garbage, literally in the streets. He takes it out, brings it home and decides to play with it and he has a light bulb moment. Next thing you know, the crossfader is invented, which if you don't know what it is, it is the switch that allows the DJ to, to decide which turntable is playing through the speakers. Now the crossfader is one of the fundamental tools for DJing to this day. So Grandmaster Flash not only created his identity by giving himself a name, which first was Flash Gordon and then DJ Flash and then Grandmaster Flash. His contribution now is legendary. And if it wasn't for him, most likely all the big DJs that travel around the world right now and headline massive festivals, well, they wouldn't have a job. So now let's take a step back, right? Because all of this sounds great. In hindsight, especially, everything looks like a fairy tale. But please don't believe the fairy tale. <laughs> Usually in movies or in TV series or whatever, you might see a nice representation like a fairy tale of the beginnings of hip hop. With the biggest one probably being that those kids decided not to kill each other, but they started using breakdowns as a way to battle instead of killing each other. Well, that's a very nice fairy tale, but again, it is a fairy tale. So people were still killing each other. They were still part of gangs and they were still drug dealing and dealing with all the disadvantages that they had and they were facing on a daily basis. They were still going to jail. So the issues were still there. And if you really think about it, hip hop starts from a gang, which is Africa Bambata, which was the head of the biggest gang in New York, one day just decided to change the direction of this gang and decided that it was time for his gang members to stop killing each other. And they didn't need to kill anyone else outside their gangs because they conquered New York City already. So the creators of hip-hop, most of them were part of the biggest gang in New York, led by Africa Bambata. So we're talking about most of them were just criminals. So please don't think that one day the world woke up to a new culture and everything was fine and there were no more killings, there was no violence anymore. All of that was still present. But these people needed to be empowered and the society was not empowering them. So they decided to do something about it and empowered themselves through names starting with choosing their own identity. And by doing that, suddenly, they were not just criminals. They were criminals transitioning into becoming DJs and MCs and graffiti writers and professional dancers, showcasing their skills on many different platforms. By the way, technically, graffiti is still illegal in most places around the world. So but we might maybe discuss this another time on a separate episode because that is a big topic to cover. Anyway, so how come do we have this fairy tale image in our heads about the creation of hip hop? Well, I believe most of the issue comes with the representation that hip hop had in the media since its beginning. So the idea of identity is usually portrayed wrongly from the media. And there's many examples of this, starting with the media, the TV back in the days calling the b-boys breakdancers. 
So the kids in the Bronx and then in New York decided to be B-boys. So whether you consider beat boys or break boys or Bronx boys, but this was their definition of what they were doing. They were rocking the party and they they were dancing and rocking to the beat. Not one b-boy ever called themselves breakdancer back in the days. But the media arrived, they have no clue of what's going on and they just give these guys a name. And they just called it breakdancing because they were ignorant about the culture. And unfortunately b-boys, most of them, were ignorant and coming from a poor background with not a lot of education. So they literally just got exploited and they couldn't protect their identity. Another example, this is more popping dance specific, let's take the moonwalk. I'm sure everyone knows what the moonwalk is, made by Michael Jackson. Now this is what the media said, but technically the moonwalk is a popping step called the backslide. And Michael Jackson learned the step, he did it pretty well, I have to say. He just made it famous, because of the huge platform he had. And again, the media gave the backslide a wrong name. So in a way, we need to be thankful for Michael Jackson to showcase a great backslide. But since we did that, we are fighting to get the right knowledge across. Another great example is Tony Manero in Saturday Night Fever. That's a great example of how the media had no clue about what hip-hop was and how in the OGs of hip-hop culture, unfortunately didn't have the tools to protect themselves and protect what they had, what they were creating and their identity. So it's a funny story about Tony Manero because actually Tony Manero was a real dancer. John Travolta didn't play a fictional character in that sense. The issue being Tony Manero was a b-boy in New York with Italian origins. The movie though, Saturday Night Fever, was made in Hollywood. And the people in Hollywood heard that in New York there was this great new dance craze and styles and techniques that were flamboyant and were exciting and people loved it. So what they did was they casted some dancers and some actors to basically replicate that and and make a movie out of it. The problem though is that the audition was held in LA and back then in LA locking was huge. Locking had nothing to do back then with hip-hop culture and, and b-boying specifically. But again, Hollywood didn't know and didn't really care, to be honest. This is why John Travolta learned locking steps instead of b-boy moves. Because the dancers and the actors and the teachers were all coming from LA. And in LA, back then, all they knew was how to lock, not how to b-boy. Another massive issue in the representation of identity in the traditional media is between rap and hip-hop. So first of all, most of the times when people hear the word hip-hop, they usually think about rap music only, completely forgetting that hip-hop is a culture and not simply a musical genre. Yes, rap is what made hip-hop more mainstream and more famous, more than anything else probably probably way more than any of the other elements. And in another way, the issue comes in when rap talks about money and cars and the lifestyle and the celebrity lifestyle that they're living or they they would love to live. And this is what is on the mainstream now and has been for a while. 
so that really creates an issue when it comes to representation of the identity of what rap is and what hip-hop is. Rap was just a tool for hip-hop to grow in a way, originally, but then it became something almost separate from hip-hop culture most of the times. So many of the rap artists that you might hear on the radio or online right now, most likely, if they are rappers, most of them are not hip-hop. And this is where the difference between an MC and a rapper come in. Because originally, the identity of hip-hop was through MCing, not rapping. And this is why MCing is one of the elements of the hip-hop culture and not rap. With MC meaning master of ceremony, entertaining the crowd and keeping the party going. That is the real identity of someone in the hip-hop culture. But unfortunately, the representation of it through the media is very often misleading and wrong. So it really didn't help that most of the things and people that created hip-hop were ignorant and coming from disadvantaged backgrounds. So they were not able to protect their value or even monetize it. And they simply got exploited. And there's many, many, many examples in hip-hop history of this exploitation. If, if we're just thinking about music, for example, Sugar Hill Gang was the first example of a fake crew rapping to the beat. Sugar Hill Gang was a construct of the media and of the music industry. In a way, we still need to be thankful for Rapper's Delight because that was the first rap record to conquer the nation and bring hip-hop to a wider audience. So in a way, we need to be thankful for that. But at the same time, we also need to be aware that Sugar Hill Gang is an example of exploitation in that sense. Another example could be KRS One again, or even De La Soul. Uh, they got exploited through record deals that were savaging their skills and not compensating them fairly and properly. To this day, there's one specific album from De La Soul called Three Feet High and Rising, which was released in 89, if I remember correctly. But you cannot find the album online, for example, on streaming platforms because of the record deal that was rubbish for De La Soul and great for the label that issued the album in the first place. And coming back to the original point of identity, another aspect that I would like to bring up is how do you create your identity? And my answer to this is you choose your perspective. Because just like Grandmaster Flesh was an electrician, but decided to change perspective and become a DJ and focus on that and present that to the world, suddenly a new identity is born. But identity doesn't start from nothing. It starts from something. For example, think about the hip-hop baggy clothes. At first, they were a necessity because those kids were poor and that's all they had. So what they did was they decided that that was cool. So now they chose the identity and they chose to wear baggy clothes. At first they were forced to because of poverty, but then it became a stylistic choice to the point where that got exaggerated. And then obviously white people came in and exploited everything and made it into a fashion statement and made loads of money off of it. But that's another story. So after saying all of this, we can then say that real hip hop identity comes from choosing to be yourself using what you have and doing something cool with it. And if it's not cool, choosing the perspective, empowering yourself and making it cool. 
And the great thing is, if you choose to be yourself, you can never be wrong. How can you be wrong being yourself? And all of this is what Popping for Parkinson's does and what it stands for. We don't let circumstances dictate who we are. We don't let Parkinson's decide who we are. We do not let diseases take over us. And we do not let labels disable us. And what we do is we use movement to create a movement. This is our identity. This is our perspective. And this is our mission. And to finish off, I would like to leave you with this question. What is your identity? Please let us know. Drop us a message on Instagram or Facebook. We would love to know your ideas and opinions on that. Thank you very much for listening. It was a pleasure to have you here. Please make sure you subscribe to the show. In the meantime, please follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Popping for Parkinson's. And if you have any questions or you would like to suggest a topic for this podcast, please let us know and drop us a message. Thank you very much again. And for now, just enjoy the music and I'll see you next time. Peace. Peace.